Welcome to Invoking Witchcraft, the podcast where the sacred and profane come out to play. So call the quarters and set the round. It's time for another episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Invoking Witchcraft. I'm your co-host, Britton, also known as Archaic Honey, and... I am Jay Allen Cross, also known as at Oregon Woodwitch on the Instagrams. How are you doing today, Jay? I am doing really good. I'm kind of reveling in this wonderful conversation we've been having about, you know, allowing ourselves to receive love and receive healing from others. I think that's something that's hard for us kind of as a community. We all like to be the healers, but when it's time to kind of let other people do the work on us, it's it's something that I think we all struggle with. And I think it's something that we should we should all get better at. We should all get better at receiving love and healing from other people. I think mm-hmm. that's important. And, and Brittany and I have been kind of talking about that idea this morning, as well as this wonderful um, new thing that's happening where I'm turning all of my friends Catholic. That's <laughs> You're not the only one. I have a bunch of people messaging me like, what the fuck, man? I started praying the rosary. What are you doing to me? Right. I know I'm definitely in a what the fuck phase with praying the rosary. I'm on day three right now. And finally, it's it's funny how it linked up for me on day three. I can now pray the rosary without having to read it. That's I impressive. It all, I have it all memorized. And this morning, my uh, sweetie bought me a bouquet of lilies and roses. And I kind of spaced out and I realized I had been staring at a rose the whole time I was praying my Hail Marys and stuff. I was like, ah, what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) She is here with you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's impressive though, that you've gotten the whole rosary down. It took me a while. uh, Cause it's, it's once you kind of get it, it's pretty simple, but it's very wordy. Very. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my, I will admit my Aries brain when I get on like the first decade, am I saying Mm -hmm. that correctly? Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I get on the first decade, I'm like, Oh God damn it. (laughs) There's so much more left to do. (laughs) (laughs) So much more. Yeah. It's, it's so weird. This journey that I've been on with the rosary um, and with who I will refer to as the Holy mother. Uh, I have Catholic ancestors. Um, I have like strong Catholic Irish ancestors, but I was raised in a more Protestant Southern tradition. Mm-hmm. And we always viewed Catholics with like a wary eye. And I even told my mom recently, I was like, yeah, mom, I'm praying the rosary. And she just kind of gave me the side eye. And I was <laughs> like, don't you dare. <laughs> that goddess worship. Yeah. Uh. The uh, I'm not sure if you've read it, but I think you might like it. It's a book called The Rose Garden Game. Mm, no, I haven't um, heard of that. And it's, I can't remember who wrote it, uh, but it's very similar to kind of like The Way of the Rose. I think they mention it in Way of the Rose, but it's kind of a, an, a one of those outside perspectives on the practice of playing the rosary. It's by, I believe it's Ethne Wilkins, mm-hmm. E-I-T-H-N-E Wilkins. Yeah, very interesting. So that might be one to add to the list, too, if you're interested in more kind of um, not specifically Catholic rosary resources. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been working my way through Way of the Rose on audiobook, and it's it's fascinating Mm -hmm. and really beautiful and very affirming to read. Um, I went to bed last night. Uh, The chapter started off with sex death and roses and i was like yes <laughs> yes so metal <laughs> yeah yeah people yes. don't realize that there's so much like really intensely like witchy or like metal stuff hidden in the rosary because it's like first of all it's your link to the divine feminine which is like of course going to be super witchy anyway but then you know it's it's a method of transinduction mm-hmm. and so i am i'm curious to see like Especially like, you know, you're very, you know, dreamy, very kind of trancy. I'm really curious to see how this maybe impacts your your magical work as well. Oh, and then, of course, Mary has all kinds of like lesser known epithets, things like um, Mary, Empress of Hell. Oh, God, that's which is fan- like, 
fantastic. Yes, which is kind of like the devil's afraid of Mary really hardcore, which means that she's also in charge of hell. So, and then that's when oh. you get like the synchronicity of like Persephone. Anyway, it gets really fucking weird and I love it. I got chills. Yes. Anyway, we do have an episode for you guys today that is not about the rosary, I promise. Mm-hmm. We are yeah. talking special specialness today about magical baths. Sparkles. We're having a spa day. Except for when it's freezing cold and in a bucket and dumped over your head to chase the devil away. That's a different, but... (laughs) (laughs) Which I think brings us to the initial topic of of real-life magic baths versus Instagram magic baths. Oh my gosh, the Instagram magical bath. The the $500 magical bath that we see with the, the very expensive crystals rimming the tub. The mm-hmm. bamboo divider board thing to hold all of your other crystals and incense and tarot cards in your book because we're going to be in there for two hours. And then the flowers. We can't forget the yeah. massive amount of flowers. Yeah. Full of pesticides. Just floating in the water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's our Instagram magical bath. But what is a real magical bath? And no shade to our Instagram magical bathers, but we we realize too that there is also uh, there's a purpose behind a magical bath other than being aesthetically pleasing and super super comfortable. Your real magical baths are of course going to do something. They're going to provide a service. They are going to either um, cover you in a certain energy or they're going to um, cleanse you of a certain energy. And a lot of times. <laughs> These baths, the kind of real spiritual baths, are not very glamorous. They can be, if depending on kind of what your setup is, but that's not necessarily the point, right? The point is to get shit done. It's to do the witchcraft. And so mm-hmm. when we do a spiritual bath, a lot of the times it's in a bucket, it's cold, it's a weird color, it's not like bright purple or pink or something it's usually like brown or like a nasty yeah. green color <laughs> brown some brown mucky tea water yeah brown chunky tea water mm-hmm. hot yeah and you might be like plucking little bits of herbs out of your hair or off your body after you're done it's mm-hmm. not always very glamorous but it's definitely necessary absolutely and i think that kind of this idea too of, of water temperature as well is important. Cause I think it's important. Like, cause I feel like they do different things. Like whether we're going to be taking a hot bath versus a cold bath, are there times that you like to do one of the one over the other? So this is interesting because when you and I first met, I remember you had mentioned that sometimes you like to, to do a cool bath mm-hmm. and whatnot. And I was like, what a cool bath. No way. I am yeah. a, constitutionally cold person i am like always cold i'm currently wrapped up in a shawl and my house is like 70 degrees and i'm cold so honestly i'm a chicken and i will run my my bath water as hot as possible to take a shower or because so i don't have a tub so we'll we'll talk about that later about how to take a spiritual bath without a tub but yeah i usually run my water really hot but when I do my spiritual bathing and I'm dumping the water, the tea water over my body, it will be like lukewarm mm-hmm. and whatnot. So that's usually where I go. But, you know, there are like hydrotherapies where you, you know, like where you take, um, you can like, you know, I'm not a medical professional, y'all. This is not medical advice, but you can take like a cold ice cold shower and then run hot water then cold water then hot water and that can like help i've heard it even can help with like mental health stuff mm-hmm. like cold bathing and whatnot but um yeah I, I tend i tend on the hot side of things but i'm also an aries <laughs> i love it and i didn't know that you're you're technically a, a cold person all the time i'm the opposite i am constantly overheated like all day, every day. And it's it's just something I've always had, um, which is interesting. So that just goes to show too, that of course um, you can always work your personal preferences into all of these things. Magic is pliable mm-hmm. that way, which is wonderful and kind of why we get to have these discussions. For me, if I'm doing something that I'm like attracting something, like if I'm doing like a love bath or like a self-love bath or, you know, a good luck bath or whatever, I'll usually make them warm. 
but if I'm cleansing something off of me, um, then I will go for the cold. Um, I find that the cold is very cutting um, and it's very cleansing and I feel very new and very refreshed after it. And, mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily something that's like ice cold. Like I, I don't, I don't like get into it and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm dying. Um, it, I just do it like um, a little under room temperature so that it's not like, it's not like terribly awfully cold, but it's like, if you've gotten into like a pool or like a pond outside in the summer or something like that, it feels very kind of natural. Um, mm-hmm. And then that coolness I, I find to be very um, deeply cleansing just mm-hmm. in and of itself, that kind of that pure, cool water. I, I, I feel to be very cleansing. So in those, in those cases, I'll, I'll, I'll do it cool. But, um, but I think it also like a lot of magic depends on what makes sense in your head. You know, some people too might think like, well, get the water as hot as you can to like burn out the evil or whatever, you know? Right. And if that's, you know, how your brain is functioning, then I highly recommend going out that. But for my brain, I always think if I'm cleansing something. I want it to be cold. It's very cutting mm-hmm. um, to remove it. See, I would kind of go in the opposite direction. Like if I was doing love or like self-love, I would want something a little cooling on me uh, to kind of like co- cool the noise in my head, you know what I mean? And that kind of a thing. And then if I was cleansing, yeah, I would personally probably lean towards hot water. But like I said earlier, I just lean towards hot water all the time. I'm I'm cold. And then, so this is kind of the big debate too, is do you air dry or towel dry afterwards? Do you have a preference? So I do a combo. Mm -hmm. I pat Mm -hmm. to where there's just a little bit of moisture left on my skin. And then I air dry. Mm -hmm. Um, I find that that works because I, I just one, I have a pet peeve and it's a soggy uh, floor mat in a bathroom drives me nuts. And my shower, shower stall is super small. So Mm -hmm. I don't really like to stand in it. So I just pat dry a little bit and then, and then air dry afterwards. But if I'm like, if it's hardcore and I really need to get something done, like if I'm just doing basic spiritual maintenance, I'll pat dry. But if it's like something super serious, I will fully air dry and not use a towel. That suffering Mm -hmm. is important. Yes. Shows that you really want it. You got to work for it. Mm -hmm. Work, work, work. (laughs) Yeah, no, I do pretty much the same thing where I'm like, you know, it's still on me if I pat dry and then it doesn't take another like 40 minutes, especially when my hair was long too. Cause that stuff that right. takes forever to dry. Right. So yeah, definitely like, and I, I think it also depends on kind of like the, 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 the reason for the bath. Like if it's a cleansing bath, I will absolutely towel dry off completely mm-hmm. um, because that's not something I necessarily need to leave on me. Um, but if I'm trying to do something like enhanced beauty or glamour or something like that, where I want it to be on me, then I'll either pat dry or air dry it or like a protection bath or something. I will try and leave it on. Um, Mm -hmm. and similarly I pat dry unless it's like something I'm really feeling serious about, then I'll air dry, but I ain't happy about it while it's happening. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Just I used awesome. to have a, yeah, I used to have like a, in my place I used to live in, there was a heater, like a wall heater next to the uh, shower stall. And I used to just shiver in front of it and like rub my skin so it could dry faster and wave my hands and do jumping jacks and <laughs> making this a bunch of noise. Y'all, in real life. Yeah. This is in what real it looks life. Like. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah. Meanwhile, pulling leaves and twigs out of every crevice. Right. Every crevice, yes. Especially like, let's be real, the butt crack. Yeah. It's going to be all up in there. It happens. Especially when you have long hair. Jay and I both used to be long hairs. Mm -hmm. And and now we're kind of on the short hair tip. But uh, yeah, that you did raise a really good point. If you've got long hair, it's like having a giant wet mop. And it's it yeah it's not fun it's cold Mm. cold cold as hell so you said earlier that you don't actually have 
a bathtub. And I think that this is important because every time I share anything about spiritual baths online or anything like that, the first thing that happens is I get like 10, 15 people swarming the post going, well, what if I don't have a bathtub? And I think that that's really important to talk about because a lot of people don't. Bathtubs are becoming Mm -hmm. kind of scarce these days. And that upsets me. I love a good bathtub. I mean, it's not necessarily the most eco-friendly, but also like, uh, there's something magical about it. Um, There is. So what do we do when we have a shower, especially one like yours that is the tiny shower from hell? It is the tiniest shower I have ever had in my life. It's a good shower. I'm not going to talk shit on it. It gets the job done, but it does pose some challenges when it comes to having a spiritual bath. And so what I like to do, it's really simple. I buy these, I think it's 64 ounce mason jars. Oh, yeah, the big ones. Yeah, the half gallon mason jars. And that is where I make my herbal bath tea. And we'll talk more about how to prepare an herbal bath tea here in a little bit. But I prepare my tea in there and I set it because my shower is really this small. I set it outside of my shower stall. And I do, you know, I like wash up and whatnot and get hot water all over me (laughs) to warm up. And then I take the jar and I set it, I turn and I face west because that's the position that works for me in my shower stall. I face west and then I set the jar down on the floor and I clap three times and I call to my ancestors, to my spirits and to the Holy Mother. And I say, please bear witness to this. Let's just say we're doing a cleansing, like bear witness to this cleansing. Please remove from me whatever it is that needs to be removed. And then I pick it up And I start from the head because you definitely want to cleanse your head Mm -hmm. and get your hair wet. So I start with my head. Then I move to the back of my neck, my arms, my torso, and, you know, get everywhere. I I go down my legs and I get in between my legs, my butt, everything. All (laughs) up in there. All up in there. You don't want to miss a spot. And then, you know, we're speaking of cleansing in this instance, After that, I then start sweeping my body and I I usually get kind of aggressive. I'm like, get the fuck out of (laughs) here. Doing the hand squeegee down the body, getting Mm -hmm. it off. I like that. Yeah. So that's one thing I do to, you know, like if I don't have, you know, a bathtub to work with. The Mm. other thing, too, is a foot bath and or hair rinses. Yeah. If you don't have time to do the full body thing, you can do just your hair, which Mm -hmm. is great. Herbal hair rinses like rosemary serves two purposes. It helps your hair grow Mm -hmm. and can combat dandruff and also is a spiritual cleanser and protector. So you can do that. And then with a foot bath, it's simple. Just get a really big pot or a bucket. Um, Not very glamorous. Get whatever you got. And just make yourself a tea and soak your feet in the water. And then I like to rub the water up my legs as well. Yeah, I think people really discount both of those because they feel like they need to do like the full bath. But sometimes you either don't have time for it or sometimes it's just not necessary to do the full situation. So, and I I feel like both of those are so versatile. So we're talking about like, you know, foot baths, things like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of times if we are going to make contact with a curse or get a hex or something like that, usually it's going to be something that we walk through. You know, someone's laid down a powder or we stepped on something or um, we were in the wrong place at the wrong time or whatever. So a lot of hex work is going to be absorbed up through the feet. And so if we kind of catch it early, we can do a foot bath to kind of remove that off of us pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of lore back in the day about tying certain Um, metals like a mercury dime around your ankle or like double shoestring around your ankles or things like that to prevent um, contracting things through the feet. Mm -hmm. Um, And we were talking like in shoe magic too, in our episode there about like um, putting like, you know, special oils or protection plants in the shoes to prevent that. So I I think foot baths are things that we can um, really rely on. And also like in so much of our bodies, basically so much is attached to the bottoms of the feet. Like, you know, you looked mm-hmm. at those reflexology maps or whatever, and it's like, here's your spleen, like somewhere on your foot, right? So we can reach so much energetically through the feet, um, which is wonderful. And then when the hair rinses, 
Those I love, absolutely. Especially if you have something going on in your head or if you feel like someone has some of your hair and is working on you, um, doing hair rinse, rinses, head rinses, things like that are going to be really important. And when I had long hair, now let me tell you, my entire family, we shed like crazy. Like you can just allow handfuls all the time. It's just how we are <laughs> when you have all the Latina hair. It's just constantly coming out. Um, so I'm like, great. Like this is a huge target for me when I have long hair. And so when I be, what I would do is I would do special hair rinses so that there was something on my hair. So if somebody got it and tried to use it for like malefic purposes, they would really, really regret it. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say what was in it, but you, you can kind of preemptively um, kind of douse those things with things like hair rinses. So definitely don't sleep on some of these more simple methods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, don't view your limitations as a limitation only. Limitation is an opportunity to get really creative with your space and what you have on hand. So if you don't have a bathtub, it's still totally possible to have a very powerful, good bath, like cleansing bath or magical bath. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Some of the most powerful magic that we know today came out of um, places of need. People didn't Mm -hmm. have the resources that they had, so they had to do something else. And that's how we get a lot of really, really powerful folk magic. One thing, too, that I like to do if I'm in a shower-only situation, especially if I'm cleansing, is I'll get um, like a little cup of salt and I'll put herbs in it or special oils in it. And then while I'm in the shower, I'll scrub myself down with like a handful of the salt and get it everywhere and then rinse it off. That's a great way to do it, kind of like make like a dry mix and then go into the shower and kind of like scrub yourself down and then rinse it. Um, I like that. It's a good way to go. Hmm. You know, one thing I kind of want to touch on before we move forward is kind of going back to that real life magical bath versus the social media Instagram bath. A real life magical bath is not necessarily a bath to soak in or relax in. It is a working bath. So when you see those Instagram pictures where somebody is just like relaxing and having a glass of wine and they're surrounded by all their crystals... That is like a self-care bath. Mm -hmm. A working magical bath is where you are actively participating. So it's not necessarily going to be the most relaxing thing. And it might be uncomfortable for you. So Mm -hmm. that's just one thing to keep in mind. It's not meant to... It can alleviate stress and whatnot. And it can definitely feel good, especially if you're doing like a salt scrub like you were talking about. Mm -hmm. But you're not there to soak. You're not there to soak in the things you're trying to remove from yourself. Absolutely. Especially not in an idle way. So it's like, you know, when I'm, when I'm doing a bath, especially something like a cleansing bath, something like that, you know, I'm dunking, I'm praying, I am, you know, like you're talking about squeegeeing off and kind of flicking the water off of yourself, things like that. Um, I I will say though, on occasion, I, I do like to tell people this because they forget about it. There's a special kind of magic that happens when you do sort of relax and let the plants and the things that you've added into it work on you, especially if you are in a full bath situation. But again, remember that that's different from reading a romance novel or texting your friends or being on Instagram while you're in the bath. It's still working where you kind of like lay back and open your energy to it because sometimes we can be so in a rush that we kind of like block out the helpers, the the plants and the salts and the things like that that you've put in, if we take a moment to kind of allow them to come in and work on us deeply on our spirits and in our energy bodies and things like that, to actually let them get in there and do the work. Because sometimes we spend so much time trying to insulate ourselves and make sure that nothing gets in to touch us, that taking just a moment to allow those spirits in to really kind of scrub you deeply. Um, mm-hmm. But during that time too, you're still working, right? Even if you are kind of in a relaxed state, you're still relaxed with intention. You might be praying, you might be asking them to do certain things to scrub you in certain ways, you know, energetically or spiritually. So I think that's a really important distinction that you're talking about, that it is a working bath that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alrighty. So how do we dispose of our bath water? Do we? And what do we do with it? Huh. I, I've been told different things. Normally mine, it just goes down the drain. Um, 
I do have things that I do to like collect some of the plant matter that was in it. So I don't totally mess up my plumbing. Um, but normally I'm a down the drain kind of person. I have heard interesting disposal methods. Oh, well, I will say that occasionally if I am going to be doing reversal work, I will keep some of the water from the cleansing bath that still retains whatever came off of me and use that. Um, oh, but not necessarily taking it somewhere. What what do you do with yours? So if I'm working a hardcore bath, like let's say I'm doing a um, nine day cleansing, like let's say something really hecked me up and I really want to get this shit off of me. I will take my bath, the little bit of bath water. So what I'll do since I don't have a tub, um, I will keep a smaller Mason jar beneath me while I'm rinsing off and while I'm pouring the water down my body and it will collect a little bit of the water. And then I take that cup and I either walk or drive to a crossroads and I throw it towards the rising sun east over my left shoulder and I walk home and I don't look back. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Why do you choose east? So good point. If you're attracting something, I think I mix that up. If you're attracting something, I think you throw it east. But you, I think the reason for that is, is like you want to begin anew. So the Uh. sun is rising and you want to begin anew. And usually that is done before dawn. So you're doing Mm. it with the rising sun on a new day. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I love that because whenever it comes like magical timing or whatever, we're just kind of hooking our magical intent onto a natural process that's going to take it somewhere. So like you're talking about the before dawn or whatever, like, so I'm throwing this there for a new beginning and then the sun kind of catches it and takes it with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. And then on the flip side of that, if you were trying to remove something from you, you could ideally maybe Mm -hmm. throw it towards the setting sun. But Mm -hmm. for me, I'm, I'm such a person oriented towards the dawn and the pre-dawn hours that that's a really special and potent time for me. And also there's less people around. So mm-hmm. if you're walking to the crossroads and you're a little self-conscious and you're throwing your bathwater over your shoulder, it looks a little funny to be walking <laughs> in the, the middle of a crossroads in town, throwing water over your shoulder. Um, so there's less people around in the morning. And I find that that's just a really good time for me. That's wonderful. And I, I like that too, because there's such, there's, this really intense purity that comes with like the, that first light that mm-hmm. I think is so helpful in cleansing. Like a lot of the times I like to cleanse during um, the waxing moon, like right when it first arrives because mm-hmm. it's so new and it's so shiny. Like it's, it's just like a whole new place. So I, I do like kind of working with those energies for cleansing, even though a lot of times people will, talk about using that for like manifesting or like bringing things in or whatever. I I do think that that, that newness of it, that shininess of it um, is really helpful in Mm -hmm. that regard. Yeah. That's actually a good conversation to have is the timing of a magical bath. Do you like have a specific time of day that you prefer or like for specific types of cleansings? Do you do it at specific times of the day? Not necessarily specific times of the day. I do like to do them on certain days of the week, depending on what it is that I'm doing. Um, And I also like to do it during certain phases of the moon, depending on what it is that I'm doing. Um, But not so much the time of day. Usually it's whenever I have time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like to do mine uh, before dawn. (laughs) Because I'm a crazy person. You are. You're wacko. (laughs) Yeah, waking up at 4.30 in the morning is like my usual it's your kink it's my kink for 30 a.m wake up yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah so how about making the making of the bath water how do you go about doing that there are so many different ways my favorite way that i prefer to do it and and i've I've experienced experimented with a lot of them where I've um, I've made bath salts that are magical and I've taken the plants and I wrap them up in like a hanky or cheesecloth. So it's like a, like a tea bag for your bath. But the one that I really find works the best is kind of like what you're talking about. You get a big old Mason jar, you put your plants in it, 
you know, you bless them, pray over them, whatever it is your process is, and then you fill it up the rest of the way with boiling water and you let it sit. And I like to let it sit for a few hours if I can. Um, I like to let it sit for three hours. Normally, that's not something I'm able to do because I'm in a rush. So work with whatever you have. But um, I basically kind of just make a really strong tea in a mason jar, and then I strain it into the bath water. And then that way, it's not just super chunky like everywhere. Um, I find that to be the cleanest way to go. And just it's just basically my preferred method at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really similar. I'll do so I get two jars. And I get the big 64 ounce mason jars and I fill one of them with my herbs. And I pour boiling water over it, like you were saying, and let that steep. I don't let mine steep for hours. I'll let mine steep for about 15 minutes to a half hour. Mm-hmm. And um, I add like a pinch of salt to it usually. And I pray over the herbs each individually before I add it to the mix. Let that set. And then I have a big sieve that I use or like a um, basket, little basket style tea strainer. Mm-hmm. And strain it that way. And there will be like tiny flecks of herbs, but not a lot because I have a really sensitive drain and don't want a bunch of herbs going down the drain. So that's something to consider. Like you don't have to take a crazy like herb, chunky (laughs) tea bath. (laughs) You don't have to come out of it looking like the bog witch. Unless you want to, then then go for it. (laughs) Right. It's, It's not necessary and your plumbing will not thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've had a, I've had to call a plumber maybe once or twice. Oh, no, because of the spiritual path. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, but yeah, so a lot of times people people will find ways, though, that really work for them. So if you like the, um, you know, you can wrap your herbs up in like a cheesecloth or a hanky or some muslin or whatever and make kind of like a, a bath tea bag, um, which is great. But I... I, I don't find that it really infuses that much into it mm-hmm. during that process. You kind of got to like squeeze it a whole lot. And then by that point, you're just, you're just kind of being mean to the <laughs> plants. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I like the, the making the infusion a little bit ahead of time and, the, and then straining it. in. I think that's a good way. Mm-hmm. Are there certain ingredients that you like always kind of like find yourself reaching for, for your common baths or things like that, where you're like, this pretty much always goes in or, <laughs> Hyssop. Ooh, that's a good one. Yes. Hyssop. Cleanse me as white as snow. Yes. Yes. Purify. Purify and remove all that sin. I love it (laughs) when Britain quotes the Bible. It's it's so wrong and so right at the same time. I'm just slowly making everybody Catholic. It's happening. You really (laughs) are. It's wild. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to turn into a Catholic. Meanwhile, I'm also moving away from the Catholicism thing, which is hilarious. (laughs) I may or may not become a spiritualist minister. We're going to see. I've always wanted to be a, a preacher. We'll see how it works. Um, nobody hold me to that because I'm an Aries and therefore next week I'll probably want to be something completely different. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I do what love about, that hyssop. Yes, hyssop. And I will share my most used and most favorite uh, cleansing bath blend Ooh, yes. here soon. But what's your favorite herb? I... When it comes to baths, I reach for salt a lot, pretty much no matter what it's for. Mm-hmm. If I need protection, salt goes in. If I need cleansing, salt goes in. It's just, I and kind of what kind of salt I use varies. Um, normally, I like to use sea salt, especially if it's for like cleansing or protection. Um, if I'm doing something else, though, kind of like a love bath or whatever, um, I'll use like Epsom salt. But I, I do find myself reaching for that a lot. That's one that goes in. Um mm-hmm. A lot of the time. And also lavender too. I think it's just nice to have in baths. Um, and people really um, discount lavender. Lavender is very powerful, but everyone's like, oh, like it's just lavender. It's not going to, I'm like, no, like, have you been around lavender? Lavender will overpower everything around it with its scent. Like I was having a conversation with someone the other day about um, using lavender in domination work and how a lot of people don't think to use it but it's really good for that. Lavender lavender will shank you. It will sneak up behind you and it will get you. Um, Fascinating. Do not discount the power of lavender. 
I like that. Yeah. You know, I got some lavender recently from one of my favorite suppliers and they sent it to me vacuum sealed. And I had to, and I've never received lava. It's always been loose. So mm-hmm. it came in this like airtight bag and I had to, I like pulled it out and it was rock hard and I had to break it apart and then like crumble it up. And it was the most amazing experience. And my hands were sticky, like <sighs> resinous with the amount of oils from the lavender. So do not discount lavender. Like Jay was saying, Lavender is a strong queen. That is amazing. I saw you do the the lavender or breaking up your lavender chunks ASMR on, yes. on Instagram. <laughs> that was good. I had to. It was so good. And it was just really relaxing. And the texture of it was fantastic. And that herb farm is actually near you. They're, um, they're located in just south of Portland. Oh, excellent. Yeah, that's really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I bet since they came vacuum sealed too, that they were just fresh as all hell. Mm-hmm. That's a Very. great idea. I've never heard yeah. of anyone doing that, but that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Neat. Okay, yeah. So lavender. Lavender is wonderful. So you mentioned earlier that you do have a very favorite recipe that you go to. Mm-hmm. And I think it's time to share some of our our favorites. What what is your go-to? So this is my goat and I actually have to give credit where credit is due and this came from Hoodoo Herb and Root Magic by Cat Ironwood. And I don't remember which heading it's under or which uh, herb profile she puts it under, but it is a cleansing, purifying, protecting and beautifying bath. Ooh, I love all those things together. Right? It just gets them all. And it is, let's see if I could remember here. It is hyssop, lavender, basil, rue, and rosemary. Ooh. Yes. And all of those combined make the most beautifully fragrant, powerful cleansing blend. And it's pretty much my go-to. It's the one that I reach for the most. That sounds amazing, actually. That sounds really nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's like just simple enough that it's it's simple, but it's not over the top. It's it it's just really good. You feel like you're getting something done without overdoing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard balance to strike, too, because I feel like sometimes people really think that the more plants that they add to it, then the stronger it's going to be. Um, but I, I, my kind of motto when it comes to a lot of this is just don't clutter the magic. So that's a right. good number of things to have in it. I do like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want to have like, there are like traditional 13 ingredient baths mm-hmm. and whatnot. But sometimes it's really good to keep it simple, like a three ingredient bath or something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I normally work with, you know, and, and this is a good one for just daily cleansing or if you came across a nasty person or this is one too that i tell paranormal investigators to do after they get home from being in a haunted location um and you just kind of need to just do an energy scrub for your usual stuff um i call this a a virgin margarita bath because (laughs) what you do is you is you get your your bath or your bucket and to it i add um sea salt um and limes and holy water. And the way that I do the limes is I, I get two limes and I take one and I just chop it in half and I just squeeze all the juice out of it into the water. And then the other one I slice up into thin little wheels and throw it in. Mm. And then so you have your, your lime slices, you have your sea salt in there, and then the holy water. And I find that to be deeply cleansing, especially the lime. The lime really gets in there and like scrubs kind of your energy and spiritual body. Um, so I, I find it does a really good job and it's simple. It doesn't take much time. Um, you can throw it together in just a moment and it's really helpful for all kinds of stuff. So if you have come across some nasty energy and you just want to get it off of you, um, highly recommend doing that. Yeah, that sounds lovely and sounds really fragrant too. I love the smell of fresh lime. It's one of my favorites. Oh, it's so good. Mm -hmm. So good. Yeah. And citrus has that really like uplifting quality about it as well. Right. Mm-hmm. 
All right. So we're going to do a little round table here of things that we recommend that you add to different types of baths. These aren't specific recipes. These are just things that um, to provide inspiration for things that you may reach for if you find yourself having to make any of these baths here. Um, so the first one that we start with, and I think this is an important one, just to have this information out there, is for a hex removing bath. Mm-hmm. What are what are some of your go tos? Mm-hmm. Well, first I want to send folks back to our episode on hex breaking, where we do talk a lot about hex removal and whatnot. But here we're talking more about the bathing side of things. I would reach for agrimony, and always rue. Yep. <laughs> Agrimony and rue and nettle. Nettle gets really overlooked as like a jinx breaker. It really, really does. And it's very powerful. Mm-hmm. And nettle is also one of those ones that you can now do not drink rue. Um, I wouldn't drink agrimony. Um, you can drink nettle. So mm. if you want to get a good internal cleansing as well, um, nettle is a great tea to drink. But uh, I would reach for agrimony, rue and nettle. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and nettle is so great just because it supports so much of our physical systems. And then when we actually kind of activate it with either prayer or, or charging it with our attention or whatever it is, then it, it knows what to do as far as also, you know, breaking any internal curses or hexes or anything like that that, that we're carrying around um, is really helpful. And I do love that. Um, now, when it comes to baths, something to talk about too, is there's things that you'll find, especially in old school stuff where they tell you to put like, um, to put like ammonia in your bath. And that's something that I feel like needs to be talked about. It's something that I added in my book. And it's something that I want to just talk about real briefly because sometimes people hear something like that and then they don't get the instructions and then they just start pouring ammonia (laughs) into their bath. And that's a bad day. Do not do that. That is a very, very bad day. When, when people talk about, you know, putting ammonia in a bath to break a hex, first of all, we have to remember that this is not something that you do for just a little bit of bad luck. This is for something, this is like when you really, really, really need the big guns. And even in that case, you use just the teeniest, tiniest amount. I'm talking drops into your water. Um, like if you're doing like a bucket, I wouldn't do more than three drops even that might be too much. Remember, this is very powerful. And when we do the ammonia, it's going to be like using the asafoetida where it will remove everything. This will strip your bad luck. It will also strip your good luck. It will also strip your protections. It will strip everything off of you, hard reset. So don't reach for these things unless you really, really, really have to. And when you do use as little as you can in the amount because it's so powerful, um, that you really do not need much. So mm-hmm. if you're going to be adding something like that, definitely. If I'm working with somebody who just has some bad luck going on, you can use something that is like a step down from ammonia. You can use things like um, like white vinegar. I'll use to take off like bad luck stuff. Um, I'll steep like some parsley and some lemon um, peel in some white vinegar and then use that in the bath to, to strip it away. You can also use coffee as a stripper as well. Um, oh, yeah. So don't feel like you always have to reach for the ammonia um, in these instances. Mm-hmm. I really like the use of vinegar uh, for mm-hmm. cleansing, especially as a hair rinse, you know, because it doubles like to make your hair nice and shiny, um, but also is like that nice cleanser. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, so what about like a love bath? And this can be any kind of love bath. If it's mm-hmm. an attraction love bath or a self-love bath, what, what do you got? Okay, um, let's see. Rose, of course. Of course. Of course. We can't forget about Rose. Um, so Rose, Rosemary, and Queen Elizabeth Root, or also known as Oris Root. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is what I would use for a love bath. And I think they double to attract love and also to generate self-love, especially the Rosemary and the Oris Root. They really like, and the rose, I mean, all three of them would actually make a really great simple bath together. Um, but I find that they work really well and they're very soothing. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm going to be like drawing love in, 
um, or trying to find romance. You can never go wrong with cinnamon. Um, putting cinnamon sticks into the bath is wonderful. Um, I would I would do something like putting in cinnamon sticks with some rose um, and some like orange peel. Ooh, yeah. Is what I would do for like a, a love bath. Um, and also I really like to add lemon balm into love mixes because not only is it also like an aphrodisiac, but also um, it is really great for love uncrossing work. So if you've been unlucky in love, um, using lemon balm is a great way to kind of get that nasty energy off of you and kind of open up those pathways again, which is really mm-hmm. helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to the club and you're looking to possibly get lucky, I do highly recommend adding Damiana into your bath because Damiana, you got to be careful with Damiana. She'll get you pregnant. Oh, yeah. She'll just get right up in there. <laughs> you got to be careful with her. She's spicy. She really is. I have a, um, uh, it's called deep remembering to remember that sensuous part of ourselves that sometimes we get really separated from. And it has a uh, Damiana in it, rose, angelica, cardamom, cinnamon, and vanilla bean. Ooh. And it packs a punch. It is delicious. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really fun. That sounds sexy. It is sexy, and it's fun to use with a partner. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so speaking of getting lucky, we also have a, a good luck bath. Uh, gosh, a good luck bath. This, you know, good luck is not an area that I really work in very often, but what okay. comes to mind is is cinnamon mm-hmm. in, in dragon's blood. Ooh. Dra- dragon's blood adds like a, a punch, gives some power. Yeah. Um, what would you use for good luck? Five finger grass comes to mind as well. Absolutely. Yes. Five finger grass is one that I like to reach for a lot when it comes to luck work. Um, I agree with the cinnamon. Um, allspice is very good when it comes to lucky things. Um, and it depends too, because of course, like, you know, like a luck bath can like also be like a getting rid of bad luck or whatever, in which case I would, I would go over to lemons. Lemons are great for, um, turning around bad luck as is lemongrass is really excellent at that. Um, mm-hmm. So putting like lemongrass and five finger grass um, into a mix is really great for luck. Um, and, and it depends on what it's for too. So if it's like gambling or anything like that, like you could use like a high John oil in it or um, like a master root in it. Master mm-hmm. is is amazing because it really does kind of put you in charge, but also at the same time, she is stinky. She is I I have a big old root of her over here, and I can smell her across the room. <laughs> so be careful <laughs> with that one. Yeah, I love master root. That's one of my favorite roots to work with, especially when you're trying to gain mastery of a new skill or with spiritual mastery. If you're studying and things like that, it's really really supportive root. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, someone mm-hmm. told me once that there was a certain group I can't remember who it was I think it was a, a Native American tribe I can't remember but um, before battle they were known to wash their weapons in it like guns and things like that yes with the master which I think is interesting Very mm-hmm. much. I've read that too so what about a protection bath what would you reach for for protection it always depends on what we're having protection from, but I always like to start with kind of like a salt base because then you have kind of like a layer of salt left on you after the bath. And that's very protective, um, especially against things like evil spirits and bad magic and stuff like that. Um, adding bay to a bath um, or cloves um, mm-hmm. is very protecting. Um, of course, rue is excellent for kind of mm-hmm. fortifying our energetic boundaries. That way, you know, because, you know, when we were talking about in our protection episodes, you know, we all have an aura that is constantly working for us, even when we're not actively shielding. And so, um, you know, bringing rue into that energetic field really just strengthens it. It's like, you know, giving it vitamins. <laughs> it gets very shiny, very healthy. And then it, even when you're not necessarily actively shielding yourself, it's still helping to protect you and support you and things like that. So I do highly recommend those things. 
I yeah, I second Rue. I mean, I use it in like everything. <laughs> I it love the way it's all your things. It really will. Uh, I really love the way it smells as well. It has such a lovely fragrance. I would reach for Rue. Angelica has a beautiful feminine, powerfully protective, uh, angelic energy to it. And um, I know I've said rosemary already before for hex removing, I think, and for love. Rosemary really is all purpose. And I would use rosemary in protection as well because it cleanses and then adds a layer of like pretty stern protection, in my opinion. Yeah, I love Rosemary. She's very versatile. We're we're in this thing now where where the new thing is is you can substitute any herb with rosemary, which is I I understand where this is coming from because rosemary is very versatile and you can use it for all kinds of things. But anytime that we make a statement like any herb can be substituted with rosemary, then we get into dangerous territory. But I think it is, I I do like that people are recognizing that she is so versatile and can be used in all kinds of things. So it it is one that I definitely reach for all over Mm -hmm. the board. Um, You said that so gently because this has been one of my, (laughs) one of my biggest pet peeves. Every time I log into TikTok, there's like clear quartz can replace any crystal rosemary can replace any herb and i'm like is rosemary gonna replace datura yeah no don't, don't think so <laughs> no. you're gonna die no so it also does disservice to the spirit of the plant it kind of erases the spirit of the plant if you think you can just re- it's like me being like uh you know jake is replaceable like yeah, they, they are a unique individual with their own unique qualities and gifts. Mm-hmm. And it's very respectful to approach them with that mindset. So um, man, that one grinds my gears. <laughs> Getting heated. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> so where I would like to kind of end on this is shortcuts, because we are all in, you know, we're all in a rush these days. We don't always have time to put together and strain a mason jar full of this or that or whatever. So do you have any like shortcuts or, or hacks that you like to use? Yes, I love shortcuts uh, when it comes to magical bathing or like magical home cleansing. Dr. Bronner's is your friend. Yes, Dr. Bronner's so is, glad you said that. is where it's at. You can get eucalyptus. You can get rose, you can get lavender, you can get unscented, you can get almond, you can get all of these fragrances and, uh, from Dr. Bronner's, and then you can use that as a base of a formula. You can use them plainly, um, but you can use it as a base and a formula to, and add to it. So as Dr. Bronner says, dilute, dilute, dilute. And what I like to do is if you go to like your local health food store, they usually have empty plastic bottles. And you can pour some of the Dr. Bronner's in there. So let's just say we want to create a love wash. So we would get lavender or rose wash and then create a a very concentrated tea of like, let's say rose, lavender, orris root and rosemary Mm -hmm. and make that into a really strong tea, strain it and add it to the Dr. Bronner's and dilute it. And then there you go. You got a love wash. And you can do that for protection, good luck, hex removal, cleansing. And you can have like a daily all-purpose blend to work with. And it's really fun to make because you can get super duper creative. I mm-hmm. definitely think that people sleep on Dr. Bronner's as a magical, like it's kind of like our modern Florida water situation. <laughs> like I mean, you can just go and get at the grocery store and it is like real magical. And, it, and it, you're right. It's a base for a lot of stuff. So I'm glad that you brought that up because that's something I've been feeling for a while, mm-hmm. um, especially because you have so many different types like that. Peppermint is so cleansing. Like when you use right. it, it just like opens everything up. And then the rose is so beautiful. So yeah, I, I think it's, it's definitely a good one to reach for. Read that bottle. Yes. <laughs> the original bathroom pooping material. Yes. To read. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what kind of shortcuts do you like to use? So I like to add um, magical oils 
to my soaps. So like whether they're um, like your bottle of shampoo or your bottle of, you know, body wash or whatever it is, um, you can use magical oils in them. So if you um, maybe you have a set of soap that you like to use, that's like really uh, fragrant that you like to do before, you know, going out on a date or something like that, you know, you can put like love oil or like a come to me oil in it mm-hmm. or um, like your daily body wash. You can put like Van Van oil in it, which I really like to do. Cause that's like, it's like lucky and it gets rid of the nasty stuff. And um, it's just really kind of a helpful one to be in contact with. Um, you can do like clarity oil in your shampoo because it's like coming in contact with your head and all this stuff, um, which is great. Or even if you don't put an oil in it, you can also like put plants in it. So if you put like a little bit of rosemary in your um, shampoo, that's not only going to be good for your hair and your scalp, but also it's going to be great for um, clarity and remembrance and things like that. You know, rosemary also has really intense mental properties um, Mm -hmm. that are important. So you can do that. Um, You can have like a special bottle of body wash that you have set aside that's full of uncrossing oil in it or... You can add like mastery oil to even like your hand wash, like your your hand soap that's like next to your sink or whatever, so that you can have like uh, mastery with things that you touch and hold and, you know, have in your hands. Um, so there's a lot of different ways you can go about it. Um, one that we do like to do in our house is we like to add... Uh, Britain Boyd's special Empress tarot oil um, to our baths before uh, my husband and I do our tarot divination evenings. Uh, that's very helpful. And you've come up with several more, haven't you? Oh my gosh, yes. Well, first off, I'm really honored that you both use it that way. It's really sweet to hear that. I love it. Um, yes, I just worked on, I'm not saying them in the correct order. Apologies to the tarot nerds out there. I did the chariot. Mm-hmm. The Wheel of Fortune, Justice, The Hermit, and Strength. And I did all of those yesterday. I busted them. I know. I I blended. That's five. (laughs) What's wrong with me? I'm holding. Okay, y'all, you can't see this, but I'm holding up four fingers and then my thumb. And that's how I'm counting (laughs) five. five. She has two hands for five. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I did a bunch of blending yesterday. And the one that I loved the most was the Wheel of Fortune, which is Atlas Cedarwood, Saffron, Clove, and Nutmeg. Oh, that's so amazing. I'm so ready for all of them. It is gorgeous. And I'm just so happy with it. But, yes, more tarot oils are coming. I think that's so unique, too. And you Mm -hmm. really, really nail them. Like, when you smell them, you're like... Yes, that's exactly what that should be like. Thank you. But you hit on a really good point because I get uh, questions all the time like, how do I use my oil? How do I use my attraction oil or this, this and that? And, you know, you can use them to anoint candles, your body, etc. But yeah, definitely adding them to your soaps and your shampoos, your body wash and all that is really great. And you could take it a step further and add it to a lotion base. Like add a couple drops and mix it in. I love to use, um, it's called V, And it's just Mm -hmm. like really high quality unscented uh, lotion. And so it makes a really great unscented base for anything. And I like to mix that up. That is so neat. I have a friend, um, Stephanie, my favorite strega over at Readings and Rituals on Instagram. Um, and she does this amazing thing where she takes like your your normal oil recipes that we'd we'd have, and then she turns them into bombs and keeps them Ooh. in tins. And so that way they're not in liquid state; they're in a solid state. And so she has ones too that like um, you use on your hands before spell work that like um, you know brings like good luck and mastery and things like that. Or or she has like cleansing ones too that double as as anything from like, you know, fixing your dry skin, you can use them as like a chapstick, but also they're like cleansing energy. So it's both like magical and practical. And I really think that that's neat Mm -hmm. um, that she does that. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Mm -hmm. Alrighty, y'all, we are going to wrap this episode up. Get creative with your magical baths. And if you feel like if you don't have a bathtub, don't feel limited. It's just an opportunity to get creative with your magical bathing and everything. So y'all have fun with that. And while you're out there, don't forget to do witchcraft. Do it. 
Support for this podcast comes from our listeners. If you would like to support Invoking Witchcraft with a one-time donation, please go to invokingwitchcraft.com backslash donate. Or if you'd like to become a premium listener, join the coven at invokingwitchcraft.com backslash coven. There you'll get access to our exclusive Facebook group for discussion and connection, as well as access to occasional workshops. We hope to see you there. 